0: Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life.
1: This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in Christ Jesus. In the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power, I have what the Word says I have, all the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, so I'm taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better, I and I, the will be the I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. Give half a dozen people a high five, and then you may be seated. For the sake of uh, record-keeping and people in the future who may be studying these messages, I'm wrapping up tonight the second part of the message. You can have what you say. And uh, let us pick up in Psalm 46.10. And we've been talking in these days about how that confession brings possession. Actually, let's go back to uh, Mark 11, 22 to 24, then we'll get to... Psalm 4610, and Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. And so we've pointed out that in verse 23 there, the word say is used by the Lord Jesus Christ three times, whereas the word believe is used once. So maybe we need to do three times as much teaching and preaching on the saying part as the believing part. But also, I think in my own personal life it's true that we have not missed it in the believing part we've missed it in the saying part and how many of you know when the stress and the pressure is on it sure is easy to let the wrong thing come out of your mouth and uh, I think that's one of the reasons that this church did so well in the year of the corona and the donated income was up 51 percent because those were uncertain times and so we focused probably more than we had ever focused before And maybe we guarded our confession more than we ever had before. So what we did last year, simply because of the uncertainty, we can just do by an act of will this year and every year going forward and focus on the Word of God instead of all the theater that is being provided by the world. Do you remember what David said about hearing God in Psalm 4610? Be still and know that I am God. I think in these days... This is more important than ever before, because I mentioned last evening, what would it have been like to live in the day of John Wesley or Smith Wigglesworth or Charles Haddon Spurgeon or any of them, because there was no media, there was no internet, there were no, forget about smartphones, there weren't phones. And some of those preachers lived before TV, some of them lived before radio. So they didn't have anything to do but read. And this generation, I'm convinced they don't read. They just watch TV and they believe whatever the TV tells them. It is like the secular prophet George Orwell's book 1984. The screen comes on and tells them what to believe. And it is like George Orwell's 1984 because the screen's watching you. Everybody here knows that you could go get to a quiet place with your smartphone around and talk about something you've never talked about before, Uh, pink sandals, Uh, just something you've never talked about before, and within an hour, you'll start getting spam emails about pink sandals. So they are watching and they are listening. And they know where we are, and they know what we're buying, and they know what we're searching online to look at to maybe buy. They know it all, and uh, it's all a distraction. It's all a th- it's all theater. I know here in recent days people are disappointed in certain politicians, but back when uh, Obama was elected, Scott Rasmussen, the pollster, wrote a book called Mad as Hell, and I thought he made a poignant observation in that book he said the problem is it doesn't matter what political party somebody belongs to they all went to the same schools he said they all sat in the same classes and they all had the same professors and he said at the end of the day they all believe the same stuff and that's the issue but my point is we got all this stuff going on and it almost seems like they stir stuff up just to have some some kind of drama going on nonstop and so it takes effort to be still only way i know to do it is to set aside time you've heard austin say i think this week that if he sends me a, an email or a text and he doesn't hear back he figures well he's praying Because uh, I don't take my phone out with me when I pray. I mean, that would defeat the whole purpose. Amen. And myself, I I don't have a phone in the room when I'm sleeping because it'll beep or vibrate or ding or whatever, and that defeats the whole purpose. Amen. Well, what if there's an emergency? Well, my family knows how to pray. Amen. Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. Some folks never get still enough to hear God. I said some folks never get still enough to hear God. You see, you can't contact God with your body, and God will not contact you through your body. God's not a man. And God God does not contact you through your mind, and you cannot contact God through your mind. God's not a mind. Jesus said in John 4 24 that God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. When God speaks to you along these lines to help you, he's not going to speak to your body and he's not going to speak to your mind. He is going to speak to you via your spirit, man. Proverbs 20:27: 20, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Now we're going we're gonna to get into some of these definitions, but of course the spirit man doesn't search your stomach. He's not talking about your stomach. He's talking about your innermost person. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Say it out loud, the spirit of man is the candle, of the, Lord. the candle of the Lord, the mind of man, no, the spirit of man, the body of man, no, the spirit of man, the flesh of man, no, the spirit of man, the intellect of man, no, the spirit of man, the natural mind of man, no, the spirit of man, the spirit of man is the candle of the lord and what does this candle of the lord do searching all the inward parts of the innermost man down in here that's where your spirit is not the muscle in your chest that pumps blood solomon's talking about the center of your being your innermost man your spirit man the heart of you your innermost being The King James Version often says your belly, but he's not talking about your belly. He's talking about your inner man, the real you, the spirit man inside of you. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. In the Hebrew it reads, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. You understand they didn't have LED and fluorescent and incandescent. They had candles and they might have had a candle with a globe around it they might have called that a lamp but at the end of the day that's what they had they had candles and so the bible says that the spirit of man is the candle of the lord the spirit of man is the lamp of the lord that means god is going to use your spirit to enlighten you god is going to use your spirit to light your way In ancient days, they used candles and lamps. It means God is going to use your spirit to enlighten you, to light your way. How does God enlighten us? Through our minds? No. In fact, to hear God, we need to quiet our minds. Our minds get in the way of hearing God. Many Christians never understand that their spirit, man, is the part of them that has been made again, made new, and recreated. That's why if you were tall when you got born again, you're still tall. If you were bald when you got born again, you're still bald. It's not your body that got saved. And that, frankly, is why we have trouble with our body. You go to Romans 12:1 and 2, which is the New Testament version of Joshua 1, 8. Before you get to verse 2 about renewing the mind in verse 1, he tells you you got to do something with your body. And the reason you have to do something with your body is because your body wasn't born again and you got to do something with your mind your mind wasn't born again say it out loud man is a spirit spirit. he has a soul soul. and he he lives in a body so what is the soul the mind the will and the emotions it is the spirit man that has been recreated and has been made a new creation in christ jesus and it's through that spirit man that the Lord enlightens us, so many of God's people. In fact, too many of God's people, even though they are born again and even though many of them are filled with the Holy Spirit, they live their entire lives in the flesh or in the soulish realm or in the intellectual realm. And this explains so much. It explains so much the so-called higher churches. They have spent generations in the intellectual realm. And then the lower churches, Pentecostal churches, they, they dwell in the soulish realm. And they might not have any understanding of the word, but it's okay so long as they can fall out or feel goosebumps. So think about it. Think about how much of so-called Christianity is dominated by the wrong thing. Dominated by the intellect, the mind, Dominated by the flesh, dominated by the soul, dominated by feelings, and their spirits are kept shut in. Almost like their spirits are on lockdown because they won't let their spirit man loose. It's almost like they, their spirit man's locked up in a in a kind of a prison or jail. So many of God's people, too many of God's people never actually listen to God. And I think what makes that worse is there's so many people running around telling them God told them this and God told them that. You know, I'm almost at the point where I I don't even know, I don't even want to know what hardly anybody else is doing or teaching. Because, frankly, uh, a lot of it's just weird. You know? I mean, it's just weird. If, If you have some revelation, if God you think God tells you something that you can't find in the written Word of God, you need to just chuck that overboard. I mean, when the Lord comes along like He did in 1989 and chastised me about not saving money, I can go to the Word of God. I can go to the book of Proverbs and and saving money is all over it. You know, I think it was last month the Lord prompted me to write a letter and ask somebody's forgiveness. Well, I can go to the Word of God and I can find scriptures about asking forgiveness. But a lot of what's being taught out here is just nonsense that somebody came up with apparently after they had too many anchovies on their pizza. And they had nightmares and then they, had, they made a doctrine out of it. I mean, a lot of it is just absolute, n- unbelievable nonsense. And it's not their spirit. I hope you realize how blessed you are. Because I have tried to train the people of God here for 37 years to not be dupes. Follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I stand with the word. Follow me as I teach the word of God. Not just believe whatever's coming out of my mouth. I don't think there's really, frankly, that much intellectual honesty anymore in the body of Christ. I think people are and and, and the more they go along with the culture, the more they have to twist the word because the word of God you understand is not going to bend for the culture. And so you got a lot of stuff going on that just doesn't have anything to do with the word of God. And we're teaching on confession this week, but I want you to understand that the heart of all of it, the root of all of it, the foundation of all of it, the concrete floor below all of it is the Word of God. That's all we have. Yeah, but pastor, I'm born again. If it weren't for the Bible, you wouldn't have known how to get born again. Yeah, but pastor, I've got the Holy Spirit. If it weren't for the Bible, you wouldn't have even known there was such a thing as the Holy Spirit. So at the end of the day, the Bible's all we have. How many of you think you're going to heaven? Let me see your hand if you think you're going to heaven. Well, the only reason you think that's because you got that out of the Bible. It's all we have. Everything is built upon that. That is, in fact, is called the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone of the foundation. So many of God's people are afraid to go by their own spirit man. There's no telling whose forgiveness they'd ask or who they would help or how much money they might give away. So they keep their spirit man locked up for fear of where their own spirit man might lead them. If you watch TV, you're not going to be, you're not going to feel led to ask somebody's forgiveness. If all you're doing is watching TV, you're not going to feel prompted to tithe If all you're doing is uh, Facebooking, I mean, you're not going to feel prompted to give above and beyond. Now, somebody might say, well, I I gave to a GoFundMe the other day. Well, that's, there might be a good cause somewhere, but that's not giving into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think people are afraid of what their own spirit man might lead them to do. But this is the juice, man. This, I I have built everything I've ever done. A, following the written instructions of the written word of God and B, following the candle of the Lord inside of me. The people that work around me know sometimes I'll just up and change course because the Lord deals with me and that's how we got here amen you know as well as I do that I I didn't follow instructions last year we just charted our own path as led by the Holy Spirit of God and we had a great result can you see that how many of you understand the Spirit of God is never going to lead you into a canyon of fear? How many of you understand this, this, the, the, the Spirit of the Lord is not going to lead you into sickness and poverty and, and uh, dependency on the government? No. He leads us beside the still waters. He leads us into the green pastures. But a lot of people are afraid of even listening to God through their spirit man for fear for fear that he might tell them to ask somebody's forgiveness or he might tell them to be a blessing to somebody or he might he might tell them to give some money away hence many of God's people never listen to their own spirits if we would listen to our own spirits we'd almost never make a mistake are you hearing me I said, if we'd learned to listen to our own spirits, we'd almost never make a mistake. But our spirits have been kept shut away, and our intellects have taken over the throne of our lives. Actually, that's gone now, because a lot of what this world's preaching out here makes no intellectual sense whatsoever. Or worse, our emotions have taken over the throne of our lives. You know, let's face it, I mean, a lot of what's going on is just emotionalism run rampant. So for the average believer, their minds are dominating them, or worse, their emotions are dominating them. They have been made new creations in Christ, but you'd never know it by their speech. They've been made new creations in Christ, but you'd never know it by their actions. They've been made new creations in Christ, but you'd never know it by the fruit of their lives. They spend their entire lifetimes with the devil running them and ruling them. Say it out loud. The devil, the devil. is not in, charge of me. He's not in charge of me. Yeah, he's not in charge of me. Friends, you simply cannot win over the devil in the area of the human mind. You simply cannot win over the devil in the area of the human soul. You know, a few months back, the Pope said that we were no match for the devil. I thought, you know, our first graders and second graders learned that in Chola's church. You know, this is not some kind of great revelation. How many times have you heard me say, you cannot match wits with the devil? He was one of the three archangels created by God. And he ruled over one-third of the angels, and he yet does. Not only that, he's had more than 6,000 years experience deceiving people. He really knows what he's doing when it comes to lying and deceiving and tricking. And if you haven't figured it out, he is flat mean. I mean, he just lives to wreck people. So you can't match wits with him. We're not not trying to match wits with the devil. We're not trying to win in this life through human intellect. And we're certainly not trying to do it through our emotions. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. The spirit of man. And I think a lot of times God's people have underestimated the human spirit and i'm full gospel i've been full gospel since i mean i've been in a full gospel church since age five and so i'm not diminishing the holy spirit of god but the fact of the matter is the holy spirit of god communicates to you through your spirit you know there are pentecostals and they just live for goosebumps whatever you might feel in your body, that is absolutely a fringe benefit. You know, there are times that when we're teaching and preaching the Word of God, the anointing of God comes on us, and I like it. But I don't wait for the anointing of God to come on me and to feel something and then make a decision. I mean I don't live for see that's the thing if you live for the feeling well then you're going to do all kinds of weird stuff to try and get to the feeling actually it's hardly any different than being a drug addict let's run let's shout let's swing from the chandeliers you know shout louder and we've all not all of us but a lot of us that grew up full gospel we've been in those churches Austin said the other morning that God's not deaf. But if you get around some full gospel folk, you'd think God's deaf because everybody's screaming at them. See, they're trying to work something up. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about God communicating to me through my mind or God communicating to me through my emotions or God communicating to me through my flesh. I'm talking about God leading me and enlightening my way by his spirit communicating and communing with my spirit the human spirit the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord hardly anyone anywhere teaches God's people how to develop or train their own human spirit I think it's it's a fascinating journey it's amazing I mean I can give you two or three examples and you know there'll be people here judge me and think I'm a weirdo but I'm telling you when I first started down this path of going of of putting in the effort and I don't remember if it was that was two years ago I I did two nights on training the human spirit Thursday and Friday night I think that was 2019 Holy Week revival but now I just take it for granted I mean it's amazing it's amazing it's amazing The little things. A few months back, for example, I'm out praying. And I'm down by the service gate. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and He said, you have a math error in that spreadsheet. And I I hate stopping praying because when you stop, because I walk when I pray, somehow uh, I cool down and it's harder to go back, get started. It takes longer. But anyway, I was curious. I thought, now this is fascinating. Because a lot of times the Lord... When the lord speaks to me out of the blue the lord will speak to me out of the the blue to show an act of kindness to somebody you see what i'm saying something that we would think is christian but i thought i mean this really got my attention he's telling me there's a math error in a spreadsheet (laughs) so i went in the house i got back up to the front door i went in the house and i looked it up and sure enough i had counted something twice and because i'm doing things for grown kids you know, I might designate this money goes there and this money goes there. But how many of you know if, if you got the same money going two places, you got a problem. <laughs> and that's what I had done. That's the degree to which he knows us. That's the degree to which, and now we just we just walk in it. We just walk in it. I tell you when i crossed the bridge i lost a phone and i had employees go out to my car i thought maybe you'll see something i haven't seen Uh, and i looked and i looked and i looked and i did all this and i went and got a new phone and of course then i come home with a new phone and what do i find the phone and I, met, I crossed a bridge and I thought, you know, the Holy Spirit, I told Sue, the Holy Spirit knows everything. I'm not doing this ever again. And so it's, it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon for me to say to the Lord, you know, I'll just be about my business, doing my thing, Say now, Lord, I, I, I forgot where I left my car keys, but you'll show me here in a moment, you'll show me. And sure enough, I'll, I see them where I left them I see the spot and I don't know what it is about people they're afraid of asking forgiveness is it because they don't want to admit they were wrong I got some news for you tonight if your name is not Jesus you've been wrong a whole lot so when the Lord Prompts you to ask somebody's forgiveness. Well, you should follow through on that. Now, don't write a letter. Don't document your document your crimes. But uh, you know, he's leading us beside still waters. He's leading us into green pastures. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And on occasion, not often, on occasion, he pulls back the curtain. On occasion. He pulls back the curtain. I was riding a Harley. I was headed to the Black Hills. And there was a little motel we used to stop at, Murdo, South Dakota. And uh, the next morning, I was going to head into the Black Hills, not the Black Hills, the Badlands, and then over to the Black Hills. And I'm out walking and praying. This doesn't happen often, but occasionally. Occasionally. He pulls back the curtain. Occasionally. And I'm out walking and praying. I go two miles out, come back two miles. I'm, I'm on my way out, and the Lord spoke to me. So when you get back to the room, sell everything. And I could look on the chart on that stock, and to this day... On the opening day of that day, I know exactly what day I was in Murdo, South Dakota praying because that, on that day, that particular stock opened higher than it has ever been before or since. Now, he doesn't do that often. I would like that every week. <laughs> but occasionally, I'm on a golf course, 17th hole in Fort Worth somebody had given me a membership to a country club and uh, Sue says I I used to do speed golfing because I I just can't stand all the waiting and so they had ladies day on Thursday and so I got to know I befriended the pro and I would get there 10-15 minutes before they opened and he would let me tee off before anybody else got there And Sue calls it speed golf. Because, you know, if you're not waiting for people, man, I mean, I can move. So I'm doing that that day. It was a Thursday morning. I get to the 17th hole, and I look across this lake. And I said, Father, there was a house there backed up to the lake. And I said, Father, like that, like that, but not here in Arlington. And he pulled back the curtain. And I saw my car driving up a road. I knew the road. I saw my car driving up a road, and he said, go there. And so I didn't even do the 18th hole. And I got in my car, and I went to that street, and there was a house there that I had not seen before because a banker had built it. And the story was he had built it for himself, but then he got transferred. And he listed it for sale. It was nearly done but not done. And a house like that's hard to sell it was nearly done but not done he had listed it for sale he couldn't sell it the bank he worked for their relocation arm of the bank he worked for then bought it from him lowered the price listed it for sale couldn't sell it and they had just lowered the price again so now we're at the third markdown and that's when I saw it and I called my realtor and we made him a ridiculous offer and they came back if I remember right, $5,000 over ridiculous. And boom, like that, it was a wealth transfer of about $150,000. Just walked right into it. Now, he doesn't do that every week. But he can. On occasion, he just pulls back the curtain. Now, there could be somebody here tonight or watching online and say, I don't believe that. doesn't matter to me whether you believe it or not, man. I got the one hundred and fifty dollars and we got, to, we got to live there for 10 years or 9 years. I think it was 9 years. Amen. Amen. And actually, that was a blessing in another way because that was a 30-year note. We paid it off in 9 years. And then when we sold that house, we took all that money and rolled it into the next one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And not just what we paid off, but the 150 that we bought it below market. I don't know how people live without following the leading of the Holy Spirit. I don't know how people live. Well, I guess I do. They hide in their basement, and they wear two masks, and they don't go to work, and they gain 29 pounds in the last 12 months ordering pizza in. See, if you'll follow the leading of the Holy Spirit... You're going to have a built-in BS meter. You're going to know. I stand right out there week by week, week, after week after week, and people come and they lie to me. I know when they're lying to me. Listen, when you, when you, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. You can train your human spirit to where you know when somebody's lying to you. Now that doesn't mean you tell them you're lying. <laughs> You just, you know, because it doesn't matter what they're doing. The only thing that matters is what I'm doing. Do you understand? But this really is helpful in a car dealership or somewhere where they're telling you some story about some car. And you know in here. I'm not talking about your stomach. I'm talking about your inner man, the candle of the Lord. Because he's enlightening your path. He's lighting up your understanding you have understanding sometimes the leading of the lord is small picture like showing you where you left your car key sometimes the candle of the lord is big picture february of 2018 i'm studying i i set aside four weeks to study two weeks for the holy week revival two weeks for the week of increase we're in a cabin in the woods And I get up from sitting at the desk after hours. I'm stiff. I walk over to the French doors, the windows. I look out at the lake. And out of the blue, the Holy Spirit says to me, you've wondered why it seems like half the people out here have lost their minds. You've wondered why half the people out here seem like they are crazy. They're insane. And he said the reason is because when they went along with abortion, They seared their consciences as with a hot iron. And now they'll believe anything. See, big picture. So sometimes the leading of the Holy Spirit or the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit or the candle of the Lord is small picture. Showing you where you left your car keys or telling you you have a math error in a spreadsheet. But sometimes the leading of the Lord, the candle of the Lord is big picture, and he'll talk to you about what's happening, happening in the world. Do you understand? But I, I personally don't know how people live going by the mind. I personally don't know how people live going by the soul. Now, you, go, you get out here in public in America, and I'll tell you one thing you know, and I got Bible on this, so you could fall out with me, but I got Bible on it, Their God is their stomach. They're not, they're not, forget about going by the mind, forget about going by the emotions, man. They're just going for the stomach stretch. They've made they've made that their God. If we'll listen to the Holy Spirit, He'll help us. Whatever it is you want, whatever it is you desire. Whatever it is you want, whatever it is you desire. Amen. Amen. And he can change you in a moment. He can change your heart in a moment. He can give you the desires of your heart. He'll lead you to do things, acts of kindness, ask forgiveness or to give. But it's all for our good. Tell your neighbor, it's all for our good. The Holy Spirit resides in your spirit and He will teach you all things, guide you in all things, if you'll just give Him leave to do so in your life. But instead, we want to operate in the comfort of our own intellects and emotions, and the results, quite frankly, are disastrous. I said the results, quite frankly, are disastrous. The Holy Spirit of God leads us through our spirits, not through our minds and certainly not through our emotions 1 Corinthians 2.14 the man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned the king James says but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him (coughs) neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned one of the things too that we see that's very common in our culture is this thing of anesthetizing ourselves when we're dealing with stuff people do this through the use of drugs could be illegal drugs could be legal drugs people do this through alcohol i never cease to be amazed at this i had a cousin and he lost his wife because i mean he he would work all week long and he would get paid on Friday and he would go to the bar and between drinking beer with his buddies and playing pinball, he would blow his paycheck before he got home. I never, I never ceased to be amazed at this. You know, the whole idea of drinking and, you know, there could be somebody here tonight and you're a beeraholic or whatever. You know, or you go out with the girls after work, whatever. I I I I never cease to be amazed at it. What good comes out of it? And then the risk that is involved. It's spring break in Florida. Crime after crime after crime. It's it's always related to drinking. It's always related to clubbing. It's uh, roofies. Uh, it's always related to being in a club. It's always related to being. Uh, in, a, in that kind of environment. And well, I don't understand what people get out of it. Drinking. You know, you can live a life unto God where your life is so great and so wonderful, you don't want to miss a moment of it. I mean, in other words, life can be so wonderful, life can be so great, the last thing you want to do is anesthetize your mind to what's going on. And the risk, I'm a risk management fanatic. The risk, the risk of being arrested, the risk of going to prison, the risk of killing somebody the risk risk is too high risk is too high now i didn't mean to get off on this but i mentioned your god is your stomach so i feel like in 2021 see you understand the apostle paul didn't have all this they didn't have oxycontin and all of that to deal with heroin or whatever i mean they might have over in they orient but not in the european countries where paul was ministering my point is every year that goes by there's more and more ways to get messed up every year that goes by there's more and more ways to get messed up which means back to romans 12:1, we got to do something with our bodies This is why your mind and your emotions will fight you every step of the way and do their best to keep you from confessing God's Word in spite of contrary evidence. See, you thought maybe I got off confession. I'm dealing with confession, but I'm dealing with it from the perspective of how the, it's your, your body, your mind, your will, and your emotions that will pull you off of your confession of the Word of God. The only way we're going to be effective in our confession of the Word of God is if we hold fast to our confession of faith when our body is giving us contrary evidence. The only way we're going to be able to hold fast to our profession of faith is when we stand our ground when our mind, our will, our emotions, or our emotions are giving us contrary evidence. And this is why your mind and your emotions will fight you every step of the way and do their best to keep you from taking action on God's word in spite of all contrary evidence. Well, I can't say I'm healed. I know I'm sick. I can't tithe. Tithe. I don't have enough as it is. See, what is that? That's your emotions objecting to you taking action on the word of God. That is your that is your mind seeing the checkbook and throwing up objections to you taking action on the word of God. See, I live in a world that maybe is hard for you to understand, but I stand up here and I look around the room and I I know the various stories. And I I can look around the room and I see somebody that when I met them, they had nothing but they became disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ and they mastered some of these principles and in 2021, they're millionaires. Amen. 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 And what one man can do, another man can do. God's no respecter of persons. But what I'm telling you is when you start down this road, Satan is going to throw objections in your path. It's almost like it's almost like he's in the car ahead of you throwing carpet nails out the window just to mess you up because he's mean just to stop you because he hates people Are you hearing this He hates the idea that you are headed to a place he got thrown out of He hates the idea that Jesus, that Father God so loved you that he gave his only begotten Son as a sacrifice for you. He hates us. And he doesn't want anybody to make God's heaven. This is our challenge here at Faith Christian Center. The new cool thing in modern American churches is to placate the goats. And pastors do that by running services and delivering messages that make the mind of the unsaved man happy and make the emotions of the unsaved man happy. Here at Faith Christian Center, we teach how the believer, the new creation in Christ, can operate by the Holy Spirit and his or her own human spirit and receive regular, continuous answers to prayer and even miracles from the Lord. But, while, but all the while, the mind's and the emotions of the goats scream and protest that doesn't make any sense well who does it not make sense to the man without the spirit the natural man the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God and frankly America is full of carnal Christians I mean they may have walked an aisle they may have prayed a prayer but they're carnal they're carnal There are people here right now, sitting here right now, and you're offended that I brought up beer. There are people sitting here right now, and you're offended that I brought up what Paul said, their God is their stomach. If the Bible offends you, you're not mature. You know... I'm halfway through getting rid of my stomach. So I'm not claiming to be perfect. If you're here tonight and you don't have something you're working on, you're carnal. Because unless you're Jesus Christ who snuck into the room, you're not perfect. So why do people get offended when they hear the Word and the Holy Spirit deals with them about maybe you ought to you maybe you ought to change that maybe you ought to get that kitty porn off your computer maybe you ought to get that rap music out of your car maybe maybe you ought to be nicer to your wife or maybe this or maybe that that's that's not your mind your will your emotions that is the holy spirit of god speaking to your spirit because god wants to get you beside the still waters and god wants to get you into the green pastures but god can't do it when you got a life full of sin Well, pastor, I I came to hear about how I could blab it and grab it. I don't want to hear about living right. Well, they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. The Word of God working goes hand in hand with being a doer of the Word of God. And this is why the renewing of the mind is a slow process because we live in the world and because we're constantly being bombarded with information from our five senses, it takes time to get our minds renewed to the Word of God. But I'll tell you this, unless you make the Word of God the Lord of your life, you'll walk in defeat every day of your life. I said, I'll tell you this, unless you make the Word of God, the written Word of God, the Bible, the Lord of your life, you'll walk in defeat every day of your life. And do you understand? Satan is just dirty dog mean. He does not care how he enslaves you. It doesn't make him any nevermind. If he enslaves you with legal drugs, if he enslaves you with illegal drugs, if he enslaves you with alcohol, if he enslaves you with food, it doesn't matter how he gets you enslaved, he just wants you enslaved. So you cannot be effective for God. That's his game. How about this? How about getting you to believe that it's God's will that you be poor? You're a slave. That fabulous testimony we heard last night about a, a young man, a young man, a young man in the church selling 29 homes in one day, that was a black man but how many, how many black young men are out here thinking the only path they have is selling dope? Well, Pastor Gene, that's the only path left to us. The hell you say? We got a, we got a young man of color here at Faith Christian Center sold 29 homes in one day. I don't even know how you do that. I guess you just line them up and write them up. Are you hearing me? And I don't know who could line it up except the Holy Spirit of God. Are you hearing me? See, people believe a lie. And they get enslaved. And then they live their lives in slavery. And it doesn't matter to Satan how he gets you enslaved. For some people it's porn. He just wants you wrecked. It's almost like he's got a a flip chart of destruction. How about legal drugs? No. Okay. How about illegal drugs? Oh, I've never taken an illegal drug. How about legal drugs? How about alcohol? And if you stop and think about it, nearly all of this comes through France. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Amen. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. Amen. There was a girl that I heard about, my good friend from church told me about this girl in his high school so I called her up asked her out well I didn't know the guy that she had just broke up with was just crazy and so I went out with her I think twice well this guy from that high school this other high school man he was crazy and they were following me and they were man they were just gonna mess me up so one night I'm with two guys from my high school And we went over to this other part of town where this friend from church was. Well, he wasn't there. And so we're getting ready to get in the car to leave. And friends of this other guy from this other high school roll up, three of them. And I was just young and stupid, and I wasn't paying attention. I mean, it's not like back in those days I would have thought to check pupils and it just didn't occur to me these two guys I'm with they're both stoned and now I got these three hillbillies and they might have been drunk but they weren't stoned and here they're coming at us it's like Teddy ten years later totally, and completely worthless. And isn't it amazing how we call on the Lord when we get ourselves in a real jackpot? (laughs) And I, I said, Lord, help me. And the way He did it was beyond humorous. But anyway... Well, the way he did it was they kicked one of my buddies that was stoned uh, right between the legs, and he let out such a howl. All the lights in the apartment complexes were coming on. People were coming out of their apartments. And, and those guys thought, they, one of them said to the other, somebody's going to call the police, and they left. And I thought, I skated. I totally skated. But you know what? In my life, that was it. From that day to this day, I've never had a friend like that. From that day to this day, I've, not, I've never gotten in an automobile with somebody like that. From that day to this day, I wonder how come pastors are so tight on relationships because of that event. They were totally and completely worthless. Not just that. Think about it. I wasn't paying attention. What if we'd been pulled over? What was in the car? Do you understand? Say it out loud. Bad company corrupts good character. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So all this stuff that Satan uses to destroy us comes through friends that's why you have to guard your. You have one way to guard your heart is you got to guard your relationships. And that's why, when people get saved, we go out of our way to get them in a champion builder group or some way somehow they need to make new friends. If somebody gets saved and they don't make new friends, it won't be long they'll go back to the old lifestyle. They have to have new friends. And that's why, that's why you ought not just come to Faith Christian Center and hang out with your same favorite five people, and you ought to help us and greet people that you haven't met. And that doesn't mean you're going to be best buds, but at least be friendly to them. At least act like, you know, you care whether they live or die. Anybody ever been in a clickish situation? I got my hand up. How did you feel being in a place where everybody was in the click but you? It's not a good feeling, is it? so we can't act like that until you make the word of god the lord of your life you'll walk in defeat every day of your life this is the reason paul wrote second corinthians 10 5 we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of god what is what is going on right now in america this whole agenda it is something that is setting itself up against the knowledge of god and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The King James is, uh, verse 5, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, King James casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted, exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And that's good. Sometimes, you know, you you want to, like Dad Hagan said, you spit on me, I'll spit on you. Sometimes you want to react. You know what that is? Your flesh. You know what that is? Your emotions. Sometimes you just have to take thoughts and bring them into captivity. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted. The- exalteth itself against the knowledge of god and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ i'm telling you we have not spent enough time in matthew 6 worry is a sin casting down reasonings that's natural human thinking and bringing into captivity every thought and making it obedient to christ because we're tempted to worry we feel something in our body we're tempted to worry in the old testament in isaiah 55:9, isaiah wrote as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts so you can readily see that man with his natural human mind cannot comprehend what god is saying to him how how can we think the thoughts of god in natural terms you can only get the revelation of what god says in your spirit man and so for the average believer who allows their mind and their emotions to rule their life they can live their entire lifetime and never really get an anointed spoken word from the lord you can't walk by the mind you can't walk by the flesh you can't walk by the emotions i I love the way fred price put it of course you understand he he pastored a word of faith church in the inner city of America and so you know his language could be pretty rugged but I love the way he put it he he used to teach us as ministers this way your flesh doesn't know one woman from the next right. see you got to take charge of your thought life you got to take charge of your body you got to take charge of thoughts And you've got to make them obedient to Christ. Your thoughts are not going to just willingly go along and be obedient to Christ. You're going to have to take them captive. And sometimes I just say to myself, I'm not not going to touch that, not even in my thought life. Because sometimes the devil, who, who, who brings up to your remembrance what somebody did to you 20 years ago? I mean, you could be minding your own business, not thinking anything about anything, and and all of a sudden something comes up into your thinking about what somebody did to you 20 years ago. Who do you think does this stuff? Is that the Holy Spirit? No. No, that's Satan. And then, why does he do that? So we'll go tell it. How many of you know somebody... And they're always talking about what somebody did to them 10, 15, 20 years ago. I got my hand up. They're always telling some story about what, what does it have to do with anything? Because it's so long ago. That's Satan. And he, he brings up things into our thought life to get us worried. He brings up things into our thought life to get us agitated. He brings up things into our thought life to get us angry. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Literally in the Greek it reads, So faith is from hearing, and hearing through the rhema of Christos, the spoken word or of anointing, the the spoken word of the anointed. So you have to take time to develop your spirit, your human spirit. Do you understand how this generation is being robbed? Do you understand most children have not been in school now for a year and a half? Do you understand that education is supposed to be about training the human mind, but they have made education about brainwashing, so then they go to church and church ought to be where you hear the word so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god so at least you have an opportunity to train the human spirit so think about what's happening in this generation right now There's no school, there's no training of the human mind, even if they go to school, it's going to be uh, twerking by some drag queen or whatever, or climate change, or communism, or Karl Marx, and then they go to church and there's no Bible. So what do they have left but to live their entire lives by their emotions? And so we live in this culture now where you hurt my feelings. It's all about feelings. Well, how do you feel about that? If you'll take time, the time and trouble to train and develop your human spirit, that'll be the most important thing that ever happened in your entire life. How do you do it? Let's go to Joshua. God told Joshua at the very beginning of his ministry when he took over the leadership of Israel after Moses died, Joshua 1.8, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. I like the phrasing in the King James, this book of the law, the word shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein, meditate in the word day and night so that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, that is in the word for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. And as far as I know, that's what people want, isn't it? Good success. You have to make your own way prosperous. You have to, no one else can do it for you. Tell your neighbor, you've got to make your own way prosperous. Tell the neighbor on the other side, you got to make your own way prosperous. Let's start. I mean, like this testimony we heard last night about a young man in the church selling 29 homes in, in a day. Now, I know you can't do that every day, but hey, it wouldn't take many of those. Well, how come everybody's not doing it? And it's worse than that because they want to tax what he made in one day selling all those homes. They want to take 37% of what he made that day. Then they want to forgive $50,000 of student loan debt for somebody who spent four years majoring in transgender studies, which is a completely non-marketable skill. They want to take 37% of what he made so somebody over here can sit home all day and do the bong. They want to take 37% of what he made that day so America can be full of baby daddies and baby mamas. See, your life is what you make it. And that's true in the world, but that's also true in the kingdom of God. Say it out loud. My life life is what I make of it. it. Say it again. My life life is what I make of it. it. Say it this way. I have to make my own way prosperous. I have to make my own way successful. successful. How are they going to have equal results they want to have equal results they want to have equal outcomes how are you going to have equal results and equal outcomes when one man goes to work and the other man does the bong all day You can't have equal results, and you can't have equal results even in the kingdom of God because one person's going to waste their life. Another person's going to read the Bible. Somebody's going to speak what they're afraid of. Somebody else over here is going to speak the word of God. You're not going to have equal results, not even in the kingdom of God. You're going to have unequal results. But I tell you what, I want to be on the winning team. You have to make your own way prosperous. No one else can do it for you. He says, then thou shalt have good success. Now, what's popular today is to take a verse or phrase like that out of its setting and say, everybody's going to have good success. No, there's something you have to do to have good success. Another translation said, you'll be able to deal wisely in the affairs of life. Well, you couldn't very well have good success, could you, if you didn't deal wisely in the affairs of life? Just last month, it's hard to believe that was just last month, some people here in Texas really got creamed because they signed up for wholesale electricity. That's not dealing wisely in the affairs of life. They call the house all the time. I mean, you know, text all the time, email all the time, you know. Uh, No. We got married in 1976 and we paid uh, whatever the standard rate was, and it's been working for us. Yeah, but you might save a few nickels buying your electricity wholesale. Yeah, but you could also get caught on the other side. I think I like that flat rate. Can you imagine? Can you imagine an operation like this? If the church signed up for that, You have to have the ability to deal wisely in the affairs of life. This is a result of renewing our minds to the Word of God and training the human spirit. What do you mean deal wisely in the affairs of life? Well, whatever decisions come up in your everyday life. If you'll do what God told Joshua to do, you'll have the wisdom of God to deal wisely in whatever comes up and needs a decision in your life then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and thou shalt have good success, God says you will be able to deal wisely in the affairs of life and you will be able to make your own way prosperous and you will be able to have good success, nobody's going to do it for you you'll be able to deal wisely in the affairs of life, you'll be able to make your own way prosperous, you'll be able to have good success, you gotta do it Why hasn't anybody figured it out? When push comes to shove, you are on your own. I mean, did did Greg Abbott show up to anybody's house with a generator? Did any government entity show up anywhere to help you get your electricity turned back on? Did Did Governor Abbott or Donald Trump or whoever, did Anthony Fauci deliver toilet paper to your house last spring? people have, you got to wake up, you got to wake up, you got to wake up and realize that when push comes to shove, you are on your own. You have got to make your own life good. You have got to make your own way prosperous. You have got to make your own way successful. And if you think somebody's going to do it for you, you have been drinking the Kool-Aid. Indirectly, God did it. But in reality, you did it because you did what God said to do. Get what I'm saying. Indirectly, God did it. But in reality, you did it because you did what God said to do. In other words, God tells you exactly in his word how to be prosperous and how to be successful. Well, and yet people say, I don't believe in that prosperity business. Well, no wonder people aren't trying to stampede the gates to get into the kingdom of heaven because his people are out here trying to sell the people of this world on sickness and poverty. And guess what? They're not lining up for more sickness and poverty because that's what they've already got. Just because you don't believe the Bible doesn't mean the Bible doesn't work. I don't believe that. So what? Do without. I don't believe in tithing. So what? Do without. I don't believe in being in church when the doors are open. Well, how's that working for you? You, you? you at home, how's that working out for you? You know, all these testimonies that Austin is reading, they're all from people that are here in church. He says there's not a testimony we have gotten from somebody that's house-churching. There's something about assembling yourselves together. There's something about not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Amen. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, but it works better in person. And it doesn't really matter whether you believe the Bible or not. God does. Tell your neighbor, it doesn't matter whether you believe the Bible. God does. And why would God tell Joshua how to make his own way prosperous and successful if it wasn't the will of God for his people to be prosperous and successful? And then people say, well, that was just for Joshua. That's not for everybody. That's not for Christians. That's in the Old Testament. Well, you can read, can't you? If you can't read, maybe the person next to you can read and they'll help you. Go to Psalm 1. Let's see if it was just for Joshua. Psalm 1.1. Blessed is the man Joshua. Is that what it says? Blessed is the man Joshua. No, any man, and man means any man and any woman because Genesis 127 says, so God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. Not Heinz 57. Psalm 11, blessed is the man. Man male and female that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful so some of you are going to have to change seats some of you are not successful because you're going out with the guys after work you're going out with the gals after work you're socializing with the wrong crowd you're going out drinking after work you if you want to be prosperous and successful some of you are going to have to change seats And notice, in order to be this blessed man, there are a certain number of things you cannot do. Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God. And in his law, the word doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. I mean, it's amazing to me, People ask their buddies marriage advice, and their buddies maybe have been married three and four and five times. <laughs> Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, nor listen to rap music, or watch vile, filthy things on TV. Or have porn on their computer or their phone. And his delight is in the word of God. And in the word doth he meditate day and night. This prosperous man's delight, this successful man's delight is in the word of God. And this prosperous man, this successful man meditates on the word of God day and night. It's all about the word. And that's why That's why, in the 60s they got... They got God out of the public schools. That's why in the 60s they got the Bible out of the public schools. Do you see? that They had to get God out of the way to do all that they're doing. And now the Bible's not even in most churches. And notice the law of the Lord and meditate are here in Psalm 1, just like they were in Joshua 1 for Joshua. So these principles weren't just for Joshua, and the process of generating success and prosperity were not just for Joshua. And why would God tell Joshua, and why would God tell David how to be prosperous and successful if it weren't the will of God for the people of God to be prosperous and successful? Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman, blessed is any man or woman who will do these things. And he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Sorry, Bernie Sanders, he shall bring forth his fruit in his season, not his neighbor's fruit, his own fruit. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Shall shall be a failure? No. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And isn't it strange that God would tell you exactly how to be prosperous and successful if being prosperous and successful was a sin? Oh, you got to watch out you know you got to watch out about money you know you could backslide well I've been doing this 47 years and I've seen more poor people backslide than I have seen rich people backslide I mean I've seen rich people backslide but I've seen more people I mean well probably because there's more poor people look It doesn't matter if you go to hell on a champagne budget or you go to hell on a beer budget. The the end result is bad. It's not about the money, it's about the heart. Thank God it is God's will to succeed and prosper. Say it out loud, God wants me prosperous. Shout it out loud, God wants me successful. See, God tells you exactly in His Word how to make your own way prosperous and successful. And why would God do that if it were not His will for you to be prosperous and successful? You have to make your own way prosperous and successful by following His instructions in the Word of God. He tells you exactly how to do it. God wants you to be prosperous, God wants you to be successful. Well, Brother Gene, if it were the will of God for me to be prosperous and successful, I'd be prosperous and successful because God blesses all of His children equally and since God blesses all of His children equally and because I'm not prosperous and I'm not successful, it must not be the will of God for me to be prosperous and successful. I've heard it all. I've heard it all. You know, It's like my granny's chihuahua. All it did was bark, and you just tune it out. This book of the law, Joshua 1.8, shall not depart out of thy mouth. What's he talking about? Confession. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. What's he talking about? meditating on the word of god that thou mayest observe to do what's he talking about observe to do what's he talking about action for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success so you got to have the word of god in your mouth this book of the law the word shall not depart out of thy mouth and then you got to build the word into your heart into your spirit man the candle of the lord Thou shalt meditate therein on the word day and night and then you got to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. You got to act on the word of God. You got to take action on the word of God that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. All that is written therein. A lady here this evening came up Sunday doing the annual Bible reading. Oh my gosh, pastor, did you know that the Bible prohibits a man wearing women's clothes? Yeah, I know that. It's in the Bible. I'm not against tattoos everybody's already got. But before you go get another one, you ought to do a Bible search on the word tattoo. That's God, I'm just going to do what I want. Then you're going to get your results. We're not against tattoos that are it's it's like if if you come in here and you've been divorced and 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 remarried and and now you're walking with god we got no problem with any of it but that doesn't mean we're going to go do it again i'm out there tell your tell your neighbor he truly fears nothing because I'm telling you what, man, we could we could pull up our pants and look at risk and tramp stamps, and we'd be surprised how many tattoos are here tonight. But the Bible talks about nearly everything. Tells you what to do, tells you what not to do. I've had people leave this church over this. But I've not had one-tenth as many leave this church over this as when I say pets don't go to heaven (laughs) and I just said it one of the most famous full gospel ministries in America right now is telling people on their TV broadcast that pets go to heaven this is total absolute utter nonsense because an animal does not have a spirit what do you do When a dog dies, talk to me. What do you do when a dog dies? Talk to me. What do you do when a dog dies? You bury it, but what do you do then? What do you do when a dog dies? You go get another one. Well, there may be dogs in heaven. I don't know. There's critters in heaven. We know that from the book of Revelation. So you don't have to take your dead one with you, there'll be fresh ones up there. critters in heaven we know this from the book of revelation read the bible the bible covers all kinds of stuff yeah. yes sir you don't need to take your dead one with you there'll be fresh ones up there and anything up there won't die so you got an extra benefit yeah. tell your neighbor you won't have to bury critters in heaven This is an equal opportunity offensive message. What have I not covered? Talk to me. What have I not covered? I'm telling you, we, we need to get ourselves under control. The, the, the body of Christ has lost this generation. We lost our country because we went off on tangents. We haven't stayed with the book. And people are not interested in what the church is selling because the church basically is selling sickness and poverty and disease and being just as defeated as everybody else. And frankly, they're not beating down the doors for that. The word, the Hebrew word there for meditate is mutter. You mutter God's word when you're lying on the bed, when you're trying to take a nap, when you go to sleep at night. You repeat the word of God to yourself. You mutter it, you say it. When you're driving to or from work, how about redeeming the time? How about doing what I used to do when I was driving to Harrison, Arkansas, or Jonesboro, Arkansas, or Ottawa, Kansas to sell cookware, and I'd listen to Zig Ziglar to and from. How about redeeming the time? That way you're meditating on the word. That way it becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of your thinking, your inner consciousness. By doing so, God told Joshua, you'll make your own way prosperous. Shout it out loud, I can make my own way prosperous. I can make my own way. Shout it out loud, I can, have good I can have good success. That word meditate is used elsewhere in the Word of God as the term for the cow chewing its cud. The cow has four stomachs. It chews grass, swallows it, regurgitates that grass, chews it some more, then swallows it again. And in doing so, it's called chewing the cud. And that's the same word in the Hebrew for the word meditate. We're to do that with the Word of God. We're to chew on the Word of God. We're to not just read the Word of God. Reading the Word of God is good. But when you're doing the Bible reading and you come to a verse and it arrests your attention, meditate on it. Mark it up. If you don't have a Bible you can write in, get a Bible you can write in. Amen. Mark it up. Make notes to yourself. You'll make your own way prosperous and successful in business, in financial dealings, in your home and marriage and family. You'll make your own way prosperous and you will have good success. You see me today, but I grew up using outhouses at my grandparents' houses. I grew up using an outhouse at my favorite aunt's house. After we moved from Highland Park, Michigan to the suburbs, Warren, Michigan, I grew up in a house of only 1,089 square feet. Three people, 1,089 square feet. A while back, I told Sue a story that broke her heart. I told her how I used to walk to a friend's house on Saturday mornings so I could hitch a ride with him and his dad to swim lessons. I mean nobody would take me to swim lessons so I walked to his house and caught a ride and that boy's father told me that I'd never amount to anything in this life because I drug my feet. The next day in prayer the Lord said to me you don't don't even remember the story, do you? He said you drug your feet because your parents used to buy your shoes a full size too big to save money. And that's why you drug your feet because your shoes were too big. I'm here to tell you tonight, glory to God, if we'll do things God's way, we'll make our own way prosperous and successful. You don't have to stay where you are yes 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 I'm a prophet of prosperity I'm telling you tonight you don't have to stay where you are you don't have to live at the level of your parents you don't have to live at the level of your in-laws you don't have to live at the level of your cousins I'm here to tell you tonight you can plow new ground you can go where no one in your family's ever gone you can drive what no one in your family has ever driven you can live in what no one in your family has ever lived in Hallelujah. 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 You're not limited by what has gone on before. You're not limited by what your family has achieved. Amen. I'm here to tell you tonight that if we'll do things God's way, we will make our own way prosperous and successful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout of victory this morning. Hallelujah. This evening. Say it out loud, I'm not limited. I'm not limited limited by the past. I'm not limited by my genetics. I'm not limited by my family. I'm not limited by my neighborhood. I'm not limited by my background. I'm not limited by my past. In fact, I'm not limited. Hallelujah. I can be prosperous, and successful if I'll do things God's way, if I will meditate on the Word of God, if I will speak the Word of God, if I will take action on the Word of God, I can go to levels my relatives had never even heard about.
0: Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again, and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400, or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life, because He loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.